0: Labudu, and welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. It's Wednesday, October 6th. Today, energy prices are rising around the world. As extreme weather becomes the norm and more people are on the move, China and India are facing an electricity crisis while prices at the gas pumps are going up by 50% in the U.S. And according to the Consumer Price Index, energy costs were up 25% in September compared to a year ago. But oil producers are now becoming hesitant about turning on the spigot while energy prices go up and other world economies continue to shift their focus towards renewable energy. After this, Axios' is Kate Marino on rising energy prices and what that means for our economic recovery. And we're joined now by Axios's business editor, Kate Marino, who's been reporting on energy prices. Kate, what's causing this global rise in energy prices?
1: Well, it's kind of a perfect storm of demand for energy skyrocketing while supply remains a little bit constrained. And that's all against the backdrop of the global reopening of the economy, you know, coming out of the pandemic lockdowns and all of the new energy demand related to that.
0: Obviously, this kind of gets into supply and demand. Let's just take, first of all, the demand side of this. What does that look like right now?
1: If you think back to the beginning of the pandemic, there were very few flights taking place. People weren't going on trips. Office buildings and movie theaters were shuttered. So the um, demand for energy was really low. And it's really just as simple as it's bouncing back in a huge way from those lows.
0: And so what's also the pandemic, I assume, affected the supply side? What was being produced?
1: That's right. So because of the lower demand at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of oil and gas producers, naturally, they cut back on production and oil and gas prices fell a lot at that point, especially with oil made producers even less willing to produce if they're not going to be able to sell it at a profit. So now coming out of the pandemic, coming back into an environment of demand, a lot of those oil producers are still a little bit cautious about just cranking the spigot back on because they've been burned in the past deciding to produce a lot when prices went up and only to have prices go back down again. So they're just being a little more cautious.
0: And was it even complicated before the pandemic when we think about the supply side in oil production?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want to go back... Um, Back in 2014, 2015, oil prices just plummeted from where they had been at about $100 a barrel where, you know, no one ever thought they were going to be below $100. And lo and behold, they've been anywhere between, you know, 30 and 60 for many years. And a lot of U.S. producers are not profitable with oil prices at that level. So that's why they're being cautious now.
0: And when we're talking about at a global level, what role is OPEC playing in all of this, Kate?
1: So OPEC wants to keep prices kind of high. They want to keep them at a level that's profitable for their producers. And they're not in a rush to increase production by a ton enough to move the needle on bringing prices back down. So they are raising supply a little bit incrementally every month, but it's not a significant amount.
0: And how are we seeing this play out in other countries? Like, for example, in the UK, this has been a real headache over the past couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. I mean, the problem sort of started to make headlines in Europe and in particular the UK, where they were facing natural gas shortages over the summer. And that had to do with extreme weather. They had had a really cold winter. They had drawn down supply. They hadn't replenished that supply. So the shortage of natural gas in Europe led some power companies to swap natural gas for oil. And then that's been pushing up the prices of both natural gas and oil. And because these are global markets, not local markets, it does impact buyers and sellers and consumers all around the world.
0: What does this mean for the American consumer?
1: In the US, our energy prices have been higher this year. If you look at the Consumer Price Index or the CPI, which is one major measure of inflation, its latest reading in September showed that energy costs were up 25 percent compared to a year ago. So, you know, if your electricity bill is 50 or 60 dollars a month or more, I mean, that really adds up month after month now that this has been going on for a little while. And it does affect the country's economic recovery overall. Every dollar that goes to electric and heating bills is a dollar that isn't spent on shopping or going out to eat. So, for people on tighter budgets, this can be a pretty significant impact and it does flow through to impact the overall economic recovery.
0: Do we know when we might see prices even out? What's it going to look like this fall?
1: Well, this is the million dollar question. As someone who's been covering financial markets for over a decade, I can tell you that experts are always forecasting this or that price movement, especially in oil and commodities, and they're often very wrong. In this case, some experts say that once supply chain bottlenecks even out, prices might start coming down and we just need a little time for the supply to get to the demand. On the other hand, you do have multiple investment banks, including Bank of America, Goldman Sachs. They're forecasting oil at $100 a barrel by the end of the year. And that compares to around $80 right now. So that's still that would still be a ways to go up. So unfortunately, the answer is no one really knows when uh, we're going to get a little bit of relief from this price rally.
0: We started by talking about supply and demand and prices on the rise. How is all of this affecting the renewable energy side of this conversation?
1: That is an important piece of the puzzle. The desire by many of the world's largest economies to transition to more renewable power to make that a top priority, it is part of the supply side of the equation, because a lot of large producers are just less incentivized to Invest in oil and gas production right now. That comes from governments putting pressure on companies. That comes from the oil producers' own investors and shareholders that want them to invest in more renewable energy and also just low carbon, clean technologies and just the population at large. But those types of pressure points, you know, they are having an effect and it does mean that they're. Production is probably a little bit less now than it might otherwise have been without that pressure to um, really get the transition to renewable power going. Kate, so would
0: you say that the Biden administration has played a role on this upward pressure causing prices to go up?
1: Yeah, I think most people who follow the market think that a lot of governments across the world, including the Biden administration, are in the thick of the, the perfect storm, so to speak. The climate related pullback in oil production is also driven by investors in energy companies as well as public sentiment, as it is by governments. As my colleague Felix Salmon has said, the effect of oil companies refusing to raise output despite the higher demand is functionally identical to the effect of a carbon tax. I mean, that is one way of looking at it. The longer that fossil fuels remain a little pricey, the more attractive the development of renewable alternatives will be.
0: And I guess on a related note, there are people who would argue that the higher cost of fossil fuels is the true cost of fossil fuels.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. That's a lot to unpack, but there are a lot of, you know, environmental and human capital factors that, you know, one could include in the true cost of drilling and paying people to do that work and then getting those fuels to their end markets.
0: Kate Marino is a business editor for Axios. Thank you, Kate. Thank you. Welcome back. We're watching another story today. D.C. has increased funding to provide temporary housing for its homeless communities, but as the government starts to clear encampments around the city, those who are unhoused are skeptical of the solution. Axios DC reporter Chelsea Ceruzzo has been on the ground as the city tries to implement this program. And you can hear lots more about that tomorrow on our morning podcast, Axios Today. And we're done. I'm Nyla Boudou. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we're back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.